Hey guys, today I'm here with popular political commentator and analyzer Sticks and Hexenhammer, whose YouTube channel has been absolutely exploding over the past couple months. So thanks so much for joining me, Sticks. I know that Right Wing Watch would not approve. <laughs> exactly, but I'm glad to be here regardless. It's it's funny though. For those who didn't see this article, we actually did a YouTube hangout on James Alsop's, uh, James Alsop's channel about this, but they called Sticks a hate enabler and then me a hater, <laughs> I guess like that. Something like that. But we'll just get it out of the way for them right now. While we agree politically uh, in some areas, we disagree politically in other areas. If I'm correct, you are an occultist. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a Catholic. So then we couldn't we couldn't be possibly any more different there. So just getting that out of the way, right wing watch. We'll just get. So into I, it now. I promise to to hold out there. I promise not to support the next crusade. Great. All right. <laughs> now that we've got that out of the way, I, I'm curious, first of all, why you decided to start a YouTube channel and get politically active in the first place. And did you anticipate any of this exploding to this size? No, not even a little bit. Uh, when I first joined YouTube, it had nothing to do with politics. I was just there sort of, YouTube was kind of cool. You know, it was fairly new. That was right. This was 2007. It's almost, it's coming up on the 10 year anniversary of my first channel. Wow. And uh, I just thought, well, it's interesting. I can put, wow, I can get a webcam and put videos on here. So it was just sort of goofing around with webcam effects doing what a lot of other, you know, newcomers do when they're on YouTube. I didn't really get into politics much until much later on the second term of Obama because uh, originally I had made some content like against Bush, against okay. like first term Obama, but it was mostly on Facebook because I, I actually had a bigger presence on Facebook at the time than I did YouTube. Around 2013 or so, I started becoming more and more into YouTube, making more content. And it wasn't until the election around uh, the middle of 2015 when some people had already announced that I started going big in politics. Uh, okay, I see. And I know that you supported Donald Trump, correct? At least initially during the U.S. election. No. Yes. Yeah, I, I supported I supported him slightly begrudgingly because I'm a libertarian. I wanted to support the libertarian ticket, but then they went nuts. So I'm like, well, you know, what's left for me to do here? I can't support Clinton. I can't right. support hippie grandma Jill Stein. So. so do you still support him? And if so, how do you think he's doing so far? He's He's doing considerably better than a lot of people give him credit for. But he does have his quirks and he does have problems. Uh, because I think he underestimated the, the legacy media is dying but I think he underestimated what power they had left. And so they've been continuously pounding him for so long now. A lot of people can never support him, even if he were to turn lead into gold and say, well, we no longer have any debt. He comes out tomorrow. We, I erased the debt by turning lead into gold. I cured cancer and AIDS. And I just destroyed, you know, all of our competitors out of existence. Now we're going to have like 10 times as much money. They still wouldn't support him. Exactly. They'd still call him a Nazi. He, he can't do right by them no matter what he does. That's exactly true. So I know there are, like, it seems like more and more labels being created. And then, of course, the ones that have always existed. So which one do you identify? You said libertarian. So anything else? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I used the term civic nationalist briefly. Okay. Because in my understanding, in the U.S., civic nationalism is basically classical liberalism anyway. It's mm -hmm. the idea of freedom. Uh, it doesn't even have really an ethnic connotation per se. But I realized that the label was so toxic. Like there's, there's, there are people yeah. who are on the right who kind of are nationalistic who refuse to use the term. So I just call myself a libertarian. That doesn't work in the sense of the libertarian party, though. So I just call myself a monarchist. I say I'm for small government, much smaller than it is now. I want people to be left alone, uh, to be able to defend themselves. And I think the government's too abusive. 
I also think globalism and multiculturalism are cancer. I would have to agree with you there. So what's your opinion on all the division amongst the politically active right wing? Why do you think it's happening? Because at least in my observation, during the election, people seem to be a lot more unified and they kind of started fracturing, maybe because they lost sight of, of a common goal, what they were trying to accomplish. But what's your opinion on the whole issue? Yeah, their, their common goal was Trump. And once right. that was fulfilled, they delved into minutia. I think, though, it needs to go beyond the right. I think it simply needs to be independent content creators and analysts all stand together. Like I've spoken with Goodman. I've spoken with others who I'm planning to do interviews with in the future uh, in chats with who are on the left. They're progressives. They're further left than Hillary Clinton will ever be. But I'm willing to talk to them. Uh, and then we have the backlash, which is that the the older guard of the corporate media really doesn't want like they don't want you and I talking right now because it scares them. Mm -hmm. It scares them to think that we would that we could get past our differences because they're not used to having to do that in order to drum up any sort of audience. Mm -hmm. They're losing their ratings now. Good riddance, by the way. Uh, and they're terrified, I think, of Trump as well, because they realize that people who ultimately don't even really like him. Like someone who's a net doesn't really like his vague populism. Someone who's a libertarian doesn't like his vague authoritarianism, but they pulled together because they were so pissed off at the left, mm -hmm. so pissed off at neoliberalism. I think they're afraid it'll destroy them. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are a long user of 4chan and they, they, have, they hold a very close place in your heart, but I'm <laughs> curious what you think, because they're so effective, particularly poll. Do you think that they're eventually going to be deplatformed in the way that, say, Andrew Ang Anglin's Daily Stormer was deplatformed? No, it's way too large to be deplatformed. And also, because it's not specifically dedicated towards anything other than, hey, we put anime here, mm -hmm. uh, the site goal is totally different. The Daily Stormer, something like that, is like, oh, well, we fight for for white everything and, you know, Jewish people mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> against the Jew. Uh, 4chan's not like that. That's just a subculture. But... I can remember years and years ago when Bill O'Reilly said, oh, this far left site known as 4chan, right. it's populated by the most despicable commie pinkos we could possibly imagine because they're arguing against the Iraq war. They're saying that uh, Bush is doing a bad job. Oh, no, what a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. and so I, I remember that period of time, and that was pretty funny. What about Poll then? Do you think they might have a chance of being deplatformed, just cut from 4chan? No, uh, because uh, Hiroshima would be terrified to bother doing that because he knows that if he did, that they would shitpost everywhere else. Mm -hmm. They use it as a containment board, I think. Which, I mean, it's the lar isn't it the largest board now there, numerically? I think it e eclipsed B even. I'm not sure. I just know that it's massive and extremely effective, and they're very afraid of it. But what, what's yeah. your what's your prediction then for censorship in general? Because obviously YouTube's been cracking down, Twitter's been cracking down. I heard that they temporarily <laughs> suspended Rose McGowan's account on mm -hmm. Twitter today, I heard that. who was for those who don't know, she was one of the victims of Harvey Weinstein. So where do you predict the censorship is going, and who will it affect the most? It depends on how much people understand what's really going on. If people keep considering it partisan, then censorship can continue easily. Because no matter who you're censoring, as long as you categorize them properly, half the population won't care that they've been shut up. Oh, well, it's just an it's just a Nazi, a far rightist, so it doesn't matter. It's just a commie, so it doesn't matter. If people wake up to the fact that most of this is fiscal and that it's really a fight between independent creators and everything under the sun that's independent against the corporate machine of the past that wants globalism, 
it also at the same point it doesn't care if you're far right as long as you're not independent because you're easily controlled if people understand why the attacks are occurring beyond money and beyond ideology themselves mm-hmm. now then they will stop because eventually they become toothless old tech will either reform itself or it will burn and alt media will take hold mm-hmm. during the live stream that we all did together on james Alsop's channel you mentioned something really interesting that in order to kind of bypass the youtube algorithm that you can start making content that is varied, so very diverse. Like, for example, you said you do videos sometimes on gardening. It's not only political. So can you maybe explain this for my viewers who maybe didn't catch the live stream because I found it very interesting? Yeah, beyond restricted mode or anything like that, you'll find that videos have nothing to do with politics typically do better unless they're being delivered by news channels or Mm -hmm. something. So if somebody wishes to nonetheless have a massive audience and they can branch it out into other platforms too that have nothing to do with Google, like Minds, Gab or whatever, if you want that massive presence to help feed your channel so that you can kind of bypass their manipulation, and we saw Project Veritas today releasing part one of their New York Times expose there, where one of their employees is saying, yeah, I can manipulate the front page of YouTube. I do it all the time. We do that, but we give favorable uh, status to the legacy media, to the New York Times and others, to try to manipulate what people believe. Mm-hmm. I believe that 100%, and their response makes no sense. To get around it, all you have to do is cover other things. See, I was in an advantage. It's like with Adpocalypse, I never took ads, it never affected me. But with the increased need to cover something other than just politics and social discourse, I was doing that years before I ever made a political video. Some sort of use to it. I think other people like like yourself, mm-hmm. everyone else who's covering politics, they need to think about doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good advice. Well, there there are many topics I'm interested in, so I actually may take that advice. So thank you for that. Okay, so moving on, I'm curious how you would define identity politics and kind of by extension, do you think that identity politics is an important uh, topic that we should all be discussing or is it one that's too toxic, unhelpful, too divisive and just should be avoided altogether? Well, the neoliberals are the ones that use identity politics yeah. usually during during elections. They say, well, these white people have been abusing you, poor black people. And then when the voting's done, they say, oh, well, we forgot all about this. Let's go back to uh, screwing the taxpayer. Uh, I think that identity politics generally should be avoided. If some group is identitarian or something, they can't really do that. Uh, if they're If they're ethno-nationalistic or somewhere on that general spectrum, there may not be a whole lot that they can do to avoid whether they're white or not. I mean, they could be a black nationalist group. Well, they're certainly talking about identity politics. Um, But generally, I don't feel it's helpful Mm -hmm. because generally the groups that are fighting against them are the same groups that would fight against libertarianism or anything else under the sun. And the only reason they use identity politics is to keep people split apart so that they can't fight back effectively. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the identitarians. What's your general opinion of them? Well, a lot of people don't seem to understand that modern identitarianism is not the is not grandma's skinheads. They seem to think that it's like the the early 1900s clan or some methed up trailer dwelling skinheads that beat on any minority they see. Mm-hmm. I see something different because I've been willing to talk to people that use the label. Right. I don't see any real inherent violence there. I see people doing podcasts or you know, spouting off ironic memes. I'm not sure it's quite the same thing. The ideology may be the same, but the action should matter, I would think. There's a big difference between someone who's being violent and somebody who's not. There are so many other 
things that happen in this world. The, the legacy media calls for war. A half a million people die. For some reason, that's considered less important than somebody saying, oh, yeah, well, I have racialist beliefs on a podcast or something. Yeah. I don't quite understand what these people are getting at. Yeah. And the, the identitarians, they're very much into, you mentioned podcasts, but they're also very much into street activism, like on the street. But it's uh, always mm -hmm. very peaceful. Uh, I'm curious, uh, in, in Western Europe right now, the identitarians are pretty much one of the biggest <clears throat> groups that I'm aware of that are pushing back against the mass Islamic immigration. Do you think that at this point Europe has a chance to reverse this situation or is it already too late? I think it'll be reversed, and, and at least in most countries. Germany may be totally lost. But a lot of them should be, yeah, a lot of them should be fine. But the thing is, uh, identitarian movements won't be for very long, I think, at the forefront. They're the ones bringing up the issue first because they're like, well, we're already considered pariahs. We don't care if they call us Nazis, so we're just going to talk and, and antagonize. At some point, though, other groups that are more mainstream will take up the same banner, eclipse them, absorb them. Uh, and then it'll be impossible for the globalists to fight back. Because they'll realize, well, there's we can't call millions and millions of people Nazis without raising the specter of ripping the European Union apart with a police state apparatus. Mm -hmm. That people would start noticing something fishy was going on, I think, at that point. Uh, and we'd have to beat up the far left, too, because some of those people have become vaguely populistic. You see parts of the far left now, they're like, well, why aren't we taking care of our own working class here? Mm -hmm. We're so fixated on the immigration issue. It's actually funny to see, I think, some of these formerly very far left movements coming around to the basically the same conclusion as parts of the identitarian right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I see it as inevitable because it's when you have terror attacks happening, you can't exactly defend that, at least not forever. So we'll see. So what's your opinion on the situation with North Korea? Do you think they pose a substantial threat personally? I'm curious about your opinion on, on the whole thing because people seem to have varying <laughs> ones. <laughs> Some people consider me a warmonger because of this issue. I've been against every other conflict we've been in, but North Korea has openly threatened with atomic weapons and now nuclear weapons, several of our allies. It's not a matter of them. They're not dangerous to the United States. They might have the ability to send a hydrogen bomb over here, but it'd be so hit or miss, it's like, yeah. I'm not sure the threat's credible. But they can certainly hit Japan and South Korea. They could also, what would happen if they dropped a bunch of them on China? What happens if China gets tired of this, says, okay, we're blocking you out. And they say, okay, well, fuck you. And they start dropping these bombs on yeah. Beijing and everywhere else. We've just lost one of our major trading partners that props up most of our own economic growth. Mm -hmm. China, we would have to protect China at that point which would be about the most surreal situation we could have in Asia. But I think at some point, the stated goal of the North Koreans is to destroy South Korea, to subjugate them to their model, to reunify the peninsula. But because nobody else will ever diplomatically accept their solution, they would be going it alone and they would have to use force to do that. And that's what I think some of the libertarians and certainly parts of the left, they don't understand this is not imperialism. Nobody's saying the U.S. should take over North Korea. They're saying the South Koreans have a legitimate claim to govern the northern half of their own peninsula because they represent the legitimate governing body. They just say, well, the North Koreans do, but the North Koreans are considered a pariah now by their former allies, too. It's not just the evil West that's uh, trying to screw over a sovereign nation. China won't deal with them anymore either. Mm -hmm. And what, in your opinion, is the, the solution for North Korea? Like, how should we deal with them? 
The solution should be a massive onslaught that destroys their entire air and naval capabilities uh, within 24 hours, along with all the artillery. We can do it. We've got the weapons. Mm. But then we should sit back and let the South Koreans handle it. If any U.S. troops ever move into North Korea, it'd be such a bloodbath the world couldn't even reckon that 10 million people would probably die. Because yeah. every North Korean old enough to toddle along would have a gun. Right. Uh, at that point, they, they because they've been told for 50 years, well, these Americans, if they ever come here, they're going to rape you. They're going to eat your children. They're, they're going to do terrible, terrible things. Mm -hmm. They never said that about the South Koreans, though. They just call them their troubled southern brothers. Like, yeah, they're kind of the same. They just use the wrong model. So I don't think that there'd be any partisan warfare if it was just the ROK invading. Yeah, well, let's hope we can avert a crisis like that. I guess. We'll yeah, have to see. I don't. I don't have any ill will against the North Korean people. They're slaves. <laughs> yeah, how do you respond, if at all, to hit pieces? Do you even take them seriously? And are you ever called a white supremacist? Do you find that as you get more popular, more and more hit pieces are being written about you? So, do you generally ignore them, or do you find it actually effective to respond? Generally, I realize that you can get more flies with a teaspoon of sugar than a gallon of vinegar. I, I try to believe in the fundamental nobility even to the people penning these because I understand from their perspective they're doing what's right. They honestly believe what they're saying about me. Yeah. And so I prefer to tell them, well, you're wrong. Here I can show you a thousand reasons why and then work with them. Uh, I did this with Rational Wiki. Like they had clearly several individuals who hated me wrote the Rational Wiki article that was originally on well. me. <laughs> it was a complete smear. I went on there, created an account and I talked to them directly and I said, you know, is, is not only is it one sided, but it's totally wrong. I don't care really that you're calling me far right because I know better, but you're ignoring like most of the things I ever even talk about. Mm -hmm. So I took the liberty of editing it myself and I hammered something out that was better than what was there. I talked to Holt and I don't think that Holt himself has a big stick up his ass about the evil Nazis or something as re it regards myself, as it regards some of the other people on that list. But they need to be careful because at some point the alternative media is uh, over time getting more powerful. Mm -hmm. When it's powerful enough, anytime they try to do this, they're going to get slapped with a, a slander lawsuit. They're probably going to go out of business. It'll be like Gawker again. Mm -hmm. uh, BuzzFeed right now is having problems over the Weinstein stuff because apparently oh, really? they're wrapped up with N B yeah, they're wrapped up with NBC. I, I retweeted a status earlier that dealt with it. I need to redo some more research before I talk on it. No, mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't look good for anybody, <laughs> really. Yeah, I would like to talk about Weinstein last, actually. But I, oh, yeah. I actually wasn't aware you were allowed to edit your own rational wikis. I used to have an mm -hmm. actual legitimate Wikipedia page, and it was a total mess. Like, stuff that I yeah. couldn't even say that I wasn't. Tim Pool helped me clean it all up. But then by the time it was cleaned up, they're like, oh, there's not <clears> enough information on here, so we'll just delete it. I was like, okay, whatever. But Somebody did that. Yeah, somebody made a Wikipedia about me. I'm like, you know, most of the people have Wikipedia articles. They have some like like real life claim to fame. I'm just a YouTuber, so exactly I didn't understand same. it. But the Rational Wiki article originally, it like it took my quote about Milo out of context where I said he was a gay Jewish Zionist. And they tried to use that as evidence that I was like a Nazi. Oh, and, okay. and then I told the people there, I'm like, look at the actual video in the source itself. The way I'm saying that, I'm saying it's impossible for him to be a Nazi because he's gay and Jewish and a Zionist. I'm not saying that that's a terrible thing, like a blot on his character. I'm defending the two. 
<laughs> and yeah. so they had to remove it. It's horrible. There was one guy, because I looked at the edits, that was going in there adding stuff every day. The craziest stuff. It got so bad, Wikipedia yeah. actually banned him from editing articles anymore. Because <laughs> he, my page was locked as well. So I was like, I, I can't fix this. What do I do? It's horrible. But eh, I yeah. don't really care that much. But I'll look into the rest of I don't care. One. Yeah, it's one thing if it's like a, a crowdsourced sort of platform of info that anyone can add to. I would like to think that people will take it with a grain of salt anyway. But it's different when it's like right wing watch because mm -hmm. they're a supposedly journalistic site that should know better than to make such a piece. Or like the New York Times when it comes out uh, and says, well, YouTube is benefiting off tragedy because they're letting conspiracy videos rise to the top on the Las Vegas shooting. It's mm -hmm. like most of this isn't conspiracy. Some of it's firsthand reporting. It's just someone's raw footage you're considering right. conspiratorial because it's not been used in your own article or the person doesn't want you to use it they're telling you to screw yourself basically yeah exactly so okay then <laughs> then my last question for you is regarding the whole weinstein scandal because this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and and for those who don't know he's apparently flown to europe if i'm correct i read no. an article about this he's gone to europe for sex addiction like therapy which means he's rehab. fled like like yeah. polanski yeah yeah Th this yeah. is what a lot of people are are saying but so what's your opinion on the whole thing do you think this is gonna create a domino effect that just opens a huge you know can of I worms wish. here in hollywood or do you think that this is going to be the only thing and then things are going to go on as normal I, I wish that it would, but as we've seen with Cosby and all these other like big stars and celebs, it never it never goes beyond a step from them because they're really good at containing it. Like I have the feeling Holly Weird just pays people off when they've been repeatedly sexually abused. They're like, yeah, we know. Okay, you can get involved with this case because it's gone public, but don't talk about this other dude that did exactly the same thing. Like uh, when McGowan there went after Affleck. Mm -hmm. And gets banned, like like you pointed out, her her Twitter gets banned. How mysterious could that possibly be? You know, when usually when someone says "fuck you" to a celebrity, they don't get banned for yeah. it, unless there's something like this is actively yeah. happening, and then all of a sudden it's a big problem. For twelve hours, you can't say anything. It's like, are they giving uh, Weinstein enough time to go uh, sit in his uh, bunker or something? Yeah, that's the thing, though. Why would Twitter be stupid enough to ban Rose McGowan, who is a prominent celebrity in her own right? At least <laughs> when she's banned, people are going to notice. There were a ton of celebrities tweeting about it. Like, how could you do this? Is is Twitter in support of, of people who commit sexual assault? But I just, I don't know what they were thinking. It, it was the dumbest thing they could have possibly done. It, yeah, it might have just been a mistake, a lack of oversight, but it just looks terrible. Yeah. And it's like maybe Ben yeah. Affleck's people were like, oh, we got to mass flag this channel. This is going to cause some problems. Didn't he give an interview at one point where the the uh, interviewer was literally sitting on his lap the whole time? Yeah, I saw some videos about that and it was it was yeah. pretty shady. So so and people somebody, are, yeah. yeah, somebody had a Letterman clip where he and I can't remember which actress were talking about Weinstein back in the late 90s. And they were making like sort of a dark humor about him uh, coming on to her repeatedly it's like, in retrospect, this didn't uh, strike people as creepy at the time. People should go back and look at, like, old 90s footage of all these interviews and find out who else had creepy things said about them. Then they'd find probably a whole bunch of rapists. Yeah, a whole bunch. Well... Half of Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. The thing about this case that's particularly interesting is it seems it's, it's a network involving a lot of people. Like, as you said, Ben Affleck, who allegedly knew about it and wasn't saying anything that's the thing it's it's in spanning out and reaching a lot of people plus like angelina jolie and gwyneth paltrow have come out and said that they had rough run-ins with him yeah. along the same line so it, it's really big it's i think that 
it will do a lot to make people more aware of the problem going on in Hollywood, although I don't know that it's going to go on mm-hmm. to expose other people as predators. Hopefully, yeah, the, but... the best thing is it could expose, you know, Dan Schneider and his foot problems or something like that. But I just don't see it happening because these people are too good at covering their ass. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've seen some of the people that, that hang out with celebrities that are outed as or suspected to be perverts they're also hanging out with that one weird photographer dude who does like the weird nude stuff and has like the rape glasses and everything yeah and it's it's like i mean he's putting up pictures of himself with like dozens of people who are barely of legal age people don't find that slightly creepy like just a yeah. I know. Is, is his name Terry Richardson? I could be wrong. I'll find the correct name so, and put yeah. a photo here. But, but if yeah. I remember correctly, that that's his name. But I did find that really creepy as well. But a, a lot of these people, they're so influential, have so much money, power, and status that even if you question them, it doesn't matter. Even if they are accused of something, they can get out of it as well. But with Harvey Weinstein, it's just, it's way too big now. It's way too yeah. big. And there are other yeah, it's, powerful it's like an O'Reilly or a Cosby him. or something. Yeah. And people keep trying to conflate it with Trump. But the thing is, none of the people that none of the people that made those claims continued making those claims for more than a couple of days. Therein lies yeah. the difference. There's no settlement, as far as we know, made with Weinstein. It's like, oh yeah, they threw money at it. With O'Reilly, it's the same thing. With Bill Cosby, it's the same thing. The one person that's not on that list is Donald Trump. There was no settlement. It seemed like it. I mean, from from what I can tell, it seemed like it was more of a thing to kind of damage him in the election cycle, so people wouldn't vote oh. for him because otherwise they would have carried on the case. They'd yeah, and the same and the same people at the time they're like, well, you must believe them because they're abuse victims, you know, on on a mere claim. They don't want to say that about Weinstein. It took Clinton five days to weigh in. It took Obama six. I, I thought they were all for women's rights and stuff. I would have thought that they would have called him out as the pervert he was. Mm-hmm. And I know people are now asking, so is Hillary Clinton going to return all the money that Harvey Weinstein yeah. raised for her? And probably I think not, she's. But... I think she is planning to donate it to charity, which I guess is in her That'd benefit. Yeah. But it's like, you know, how many hundreds of millions did other people receive that they're never going to return? They'd be like, whoops, oh, that million went missing. I already spent it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Even despite the fact that they that she's come out now and said it's a horrible thing, the fact that it took her so long, it just makes yeah. most people jump to the conclusion that, oh, only because you were pressured into coming out and, and disavowing yeah. him, did you? Not because you actually have a, a strong moral conscience. So. Yeah, Trump waits 24 hours to tweet about Puerto Rico. It's like the worst thing in the world. She yeah. waits five, six days to talk about something far, something that, to her at least, because she's being photographed with the dude is more close to home. Mm-hmm. That's okay. She's yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. She's slow. <laughs> exactly. So my last question for you, I wanted, I'm curious about your opinion on the alternative media because you mentioned uh, the power that they have. Do you think they are an actual threat to the mainstream media? Uh, do you think they threaten their kind of reign that they, they've had for so many decades? Or do you think that they're going to forever remain in the shadow? We're a complete threat because there's really no way to centralize the kind of content creation that's become common. That's why they're very slowly trying to back off on independent content creators. They're trying to screw them over, I think, so they'll leave YouTube and sites like that. Because they know if they try to kick them off directly, it'll cause an uproar destroy these sites, new ones will be created, they have to rinse and repeat all over again, it takes them another 10 years to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they can't do nothing because we're destroying cable. YouTube is now bigger than any of the cable firms by a, a massive proportion. It's uh, Netflix as well, some of the on-demand content. And these old cable firms, and certainly like newspaper and radio, have basically no presence there. 
You have the New York Times. They have like their shitty page on YouTube that gets what? How many views do they get? A mm -hmm. uh, fraction of the views that are had by people with fewer subscribers. So mm -hmm. I think we are actually a threat to them. Yeah, well, I hope you're right, because I've asked a couple people this question, and, and, and actually the vast majority of them say, oh, the, the mainstream media, although a lot of people think they have fake news now, they haven't lost their power. Maybe a little bit of their credibility, but they're still extremely influential, and most people will go to them for the news. <laughs> so I think maybe we're at... The thing is, I think a lot of youth are watching us, and that's the power that that mm -hmm. alternative media holds over the mainstream media. Maybe a lot of older people still watch the mainstream media, but the next generation coming up, there could be a huge switch there because there's a lot of younger yeah. people that are tuning into this. And also, also the trustworthiness. If you're watching a YouTuber, chances are you trust them or at least yeah. like them and kind of trust them because you chose to subscribe. But with the pundits and stuff, you're not interacting with them. You have no real connection to them. Yeah. Inside everyone, including the fans of those networks, know, well, this is someone who gets like 10 million a year basically to read a script. That's not the way that you or I work. That's not the way that a million other people on YouTube work. Now, we've got it made compared to, uh, compared to the legacy media. Because once they die off and the audience continues to incline online, there'll be more and more, I think, money in this as well, which is why they want to get their foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, so I've come to the end of my questions now, but it's been great having you, Sticks. Where's the best place for people to find you online? The best place is right here on YouTube at Sticks Hexenhammer 666 or on Mines at Sticks Hexenhammer. Okay, great. I will link those in the description so it's easier for people to find you. I'm sure that everyone subscribed to me has already subscribed to you, though. Your channel <laughs> is getting massive. So thank you so much to everyone for watching. I hope you enjoyed, and thank you once again, Sticks. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. It was wonderful. Thank you.